So let me ask you this. Let, let's start off at, at you know, um, obviously you were in the military. So yes. you get out of the military, give me a little bit of a timeline breakdown on what got you to doing credit stuff, yeah. like what got you interested in the business. So once I got out, the first job that I got, I went in when I was 17. And to save the time, I was a... Uh, I wasn't hanging around the right people. I got in a lot of trouble. So I was actually one of those people that I was like, hey, you could wear this or you could wear that. Right. So I was 17. My parents you know, signed off on it, right? Yeah. And, um, and I went off. So when I came home, uh, the first job that I got was in sales. And I was selling cars. Yep. So, Been there. so I sold cars for about six years. So I went from a salesperson to the TO manager, the closing manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I went to F&I. And then I changed out of that company because I was trying to get a new car because I always wanted a demo. And yeah. I feel like with every promotion, they said, oh, the next level gets you a demo. But then mm-hmm. they would change something where I don't yeah. get the demo. Yeah. So I want a new car. Pay plan change, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so then I went to another company and uh, their GSM. So I'm not claiming this like, oh, it's all my hard work and whatever. <laughs> right. The GSM happened to leave at the same time that I got onboarded, mm. which that's how I got hired so quick because they needed a, a warm body. Yeah. And uh, so then I had to learn all the roles of the GSM. Um, I got tired of it. The money was great. I did finally get the demo. I was driving an hour and a half plus to work every day, six days a week. I missed tons of birthdays, funerals, weddings, oh, yeah. get-togethers, holiday stuff. I missed it all. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I started to make the money, I realized, well, okay, I can make this anywhere, but I'm missing way too many important things. Mm-hmm. And that's when I transitioned into retail sales. I went to Verizon. And I took a major, major pay cut, but I was okay with it. Because the commute to that store was 10 minutes. Yeah, and you got so much time back. Right. So wear and tear on the car, wear and tear on my body. I hate the morning. I was waking up at 4.30 in the morning for like six years. Mm. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So, you know, then I went to Verizon. And it's funny because I remember my family, you know, just saying like, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you want to do that? I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm telling you, I I'm done. That's an easy checkbox. Yep. Like I'm out. So when they told me like, hey, just so you know, it is retail sales. You do work a lot of hours. Most weeks you will do about forty five to fifty hours. I'm like, that's oh, it. what do I do with the other thirty five forty yeah, hours? It's like that I, I do that by Wednesday normally. Right, <laughs> right. So I went through that and I wound up moving through the ranks pretty quick, uh, quick, which was cool. So I went as a store manager to a district manager, and then I wound up becoming a managing partner. And I got to buy one of their locations that was about two hours away from where I've always lived. Oh wow! And I'm like, damn, here I go again, yeah. doing another drive. And mm-hmm. uh, I wind up buying the store. I moved there, and then that's how I actually met my wife. I, uh, I was saying, hey, I can sell one of my cars that I have, and so I can put my investment money in, mm-hmm. or I could go to the bank and get a loan. And so I figured, like, the business person in me, even though I was new to business, but, like, yeah. I'm thinking I know everything, the business person in me is like, hey, let me go to the bank that's in the parking lot of the same store that I'm buying, and maybe in the future we can exchange business because I got a loan through them. Right. And uh, I got so much more than that, I wound up meeting who today is my wife. So That is friggin' That was pretty cool. That's pretty much better than right a there. toaster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Or a free phone or something right. like that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then it was about... Two years of doing that, and uh, I started to pick up credit because I was trying to fix my own and that whole story of using the other company and whatever. Yeah. Come to find out, I'm like, man, I'm pretty good at this. And I'm a big social media person, as you know. I've always been that way for years. So I posted the results, and I was really excited about the progress that I made. And when I posted it, I didn't realize how many people were going to comment and message me that Mm. were people in the same boat. 
Right. And so I just started offering help. Do this, do this, do this. Pay this down. Apply for this. Do this, do this. This is what I did. You know, this is how you dispute things. This is And you were doing this. this for free. Yeah. Giving and, it away. Uh, yeah. And uh, then I started to realize when I was having hard months at the store, because, you know, now I'm responsible. Like, I do my own P&Ls. I got to get my own um, inventory. Like, mm-hmm. everything is on me. So when I would have a loser month, I had to cough up my piece. Just like when uh, we would earn well, I would get my piece. Right. So uh, I was like, wait, where can I get extra money? I can't work more hours because right. I pay myself. <laughs> so that's where I started to push credit repair harder. And I was using that money to actually float the months when we wouldn't do well in retail. Wow. And uh, then I wound up selling the store, went full time, and here we are. Nice. So you called it the James Warren Group again yep. after your your middle name and then your grandfather's name. Yep. So so now you're in San Antonio. How long have you been in San Antonio? Uh, since July of 2020. That's right. You said so. That. 18 months, give or take, somewhere wow. right around there. Yeah, and and business is booming, and you don't really yeah. have to be based in a central location no. and work in that market. You can work. Right. Right. Because you got marketing skills, right? Right. I have, uh, I'm licensed and bonded in all 50 states too. Um, So as far as compliance and things go, I'm actually like legally licensed and I'm uh, available to do work in those states. So, you know, I'm I'm covered in both aspects. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some of the credit basics and like Joe Schmo walks in off the street. Yeah. And got a clue. He wants to to get a loan, but mm-hmm. everybody that he's talked to is telling them basically, hey, look, your, scre- your scores are too low. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what score? Right? Yep. So can you kind of break it down for people that maybe don't even know um, what it means to have what, – what a score actually means, what it is, and kind of what mm-hmm. it all entails? Yep. So – you have your FICO scores, right? There, there's Vantage score and there's FICO score. Um, FICO score is used by over 90% of lenders. So if you're trying to buy a home, if you're trying to get a personal loan, you want to get a car, you want to get a credit card, you want to get a store card to get that 15% off, which, by the way, don't do that. Um, <laughs> but if you if you do those things... Retail cards are shit. Right. <laughs> That's just what um, <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah. most of them don't even report to your credit <laughs> report. That's a whole other thing anyway. But um, first, first things first, you got to know... FICO score is what you want to look at. So any and that's platform, one number? So I wish I could say yes, but believe it or not, it's almost 20 of them. Okay. Okay, and we'll go into that too. Okay. So because you know every time you apply for something, there's always a different score. Yeah, right? Like yeah. if you're like, oh, I looked at this app and my, it says my score is this. Then you go to try to buy the car and they have a completely different score, right? Yeah. It's because there's different versions of those FICO scores. So because you can finance so many things nowadays, like even your phone, all of those have a different version of your FICO score hmm. because what they want to do is get a more dialed in version of your ability to pay back what you bought. Okay. So because, if you're buying a car. Right. And then you go in, the lender looks for your score. They're you have look an for the auto score, score that relates to other loans and auto loans that Correct. you had, right? Correct. Doesn't, doesn't matter if there's like medical stuff on there. Right. Okay. Right. So for example, there's FICO 2, 4, and 5, which is used in mortgage. Okay. And then there's FICO 8, 9, 10, and 10T. And then remember, you have three bureaus per version. And yeah. those bureaus don't change. TransUnion, Equifax, Experian, those are all the same. Yeah. But there's different versions that are always going to have different numbers because depending on the type of loan you're trying to get, they want to see how you borrow other like accounts. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when you're trying to get a credit card, that's going to be your FICO 8 score. Okay. Right? And that you can go right on Experian for free and look at your Experian FICO 8 score. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be what they use most companies for your credit cards. 
So a second version of this or a second reason um, that the scores are different is because depending on where people are pulling your scores from or companies where they're Mm -hmm. pulling your score from, that's the only place they're going to report. So for example, let's say you get a Kohl's card because it gives you a 15% off. Again, don't do that, but people do it. Yeah. So (laughs) if you get that Kohl's card, you save your 15%. Well, if you got approved and they'll send you the document that they pulled this bureau, you get it in the mail, and it's your experience score. Mm -hmm. Well, then that means now it's only going to report on your experience credit report because they only pulled your experience score. So if you look at credit reports and you're looking at all three bureaus, the reason each score is different is because not all things report on all three bureaus. So if you can say, hey, I have this card and I have an auto loan and I have a mortgage, but why does each bureau say that I have a different score? Yeah. Well, it's two reasons. One, what is the version of FICO you're looking at? And then also most of the accounts you have in your credit report don't even show on all three bureaus. Mm. Right. So this all comes down to understanding the the foundation of what is the right score I should be looking at, how many different versions of there are are there, and what do they all mean? And the best place you can go for, you could go right on your phone and you could go download my FICO. Right. So it's directly from FICO. Okay. It is the only app that I'm aware of that is a direct source. There's third party ones, like even sure. we use a third party one, but the direct source is from the My FICO app. And it will break down here is your FICO auto scores, here is your FICO mortgage scores. It's already broken down for you. It's all in there. Hmm. So most people go to Credit Karma. Right. And stop doing that too. Um, right. The reason you don't want to go there is because um, it's showing your Vantage scores. And your Vantage scores is not what lenders are looking at. They're looking at a version of your FICO score. They do co- two completely different sets of math because they weigh out the factors that influence your scores completely different. Yeah. So for example, payment history is the number one influence to your score going up or down. On the FICO model, it controls 35% influence. Mm. Now, converting that over to points, the lowest your scores can be is a 300 the highest your score can be is an 850. So it's 550 points your scores can fluctuate. Mm-hmm. So that means that that 35% number, payment history is 192.5 out of 550 points. Wow. Right? So that's the first factor. And that's on FICO. On Vantage score, it's also the number one influence. But it accounts for 40% influence. So there's already a 5% more. discrepancy. Wow. The next category for FICO is utilization, the credit card balances. Mm-hmm. That accounts for 30% on FICO, and it's actually now the number three on uh, Vantage, which is 21%. So there's another 9% discrepancy in the second category, and we still got three more to go. Yeah, there's a lot of gray area there. Yeah. So they just do the math different. It weighs out the same things you do as a borrower different, and that's why it can be off 50 to 100 points. So Credit Karma is not the place to go, but when people hear, well, it's free and it's, it's a guide or whatever somebody told them, no, yeah. don't listen to the guy. <clears throat> if, you, if you break a leg and you want to know for sure that it's broken and not just a fracture, and they say, well, you could get the x-ray and it costs this, or we could just say it's probably just a strain. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You want to go get the x-ray and make sure your shit's not broken. Yeah, I want proof. <laughs> so you want to make sure, you know, what's the outcome? What's the damage? What's going on? I want to know definitely. Yeah. And you don't want to mess with your credit. Why take a free app that only shows you two out of three bureaus anyway? Mm-hmm. And 
it all comes down to because nobody wants to pay $30 a month or $40 a month to get access to what their actual stuff is. Yeah. And while I get it to a point, why would you not want the accurate stuff? Because here's an example. Most people buy in a car. How many times are you going to go into the dealership not knowing what your actual scores are, have the finance guy pull your credit, find out you're a lot lower than what Credit Karma told you, and now you got to go call the person who you always call to co-sign your shit and then mm-hmm. figure out who you're going to borrow the money from for the extra <laughs> down payment so it's the affordable monthly payment at a super high interest rate. All of that is worth the, I don't want to go through that. I'd rather pay 30 to 40 bucks a month to my FICO to know exactly what my stuff is. Yeah, because it gives you a good basis. I've looked at Credit Karma. I have it on my phone. Mm-hmm. And before I got into this conversation with you, like I didn't really understand, like, why is it always changing so much? Like, from one month to the other, it jumps 20 points up, you know, 15 points down, one point. You know, two, like, it's yep. all over the place. Yeah. I paid off a home mortgage, which gave me more, like, available credit. And you went down. And it went down 100 points. Yep. A mortgage. Yep. I could see if I closed, like, a store credit card or whatever. But I've paid off a mortgage, like, 180 thousand balance. Swooped it off, and then it was like, yeah, we're just going to drop your score 100 points. Yep. Because you did bad. Yep. And so a lot of people get discouraged from that. It made me mad. Yep. Um, and so now that I kind of understand how it works. Um, There's a level deeper to that if you want me to go into it on the real why that happens. Let's go. All I'm, right. I'm, I'm down for that. All right. I don't just want to be the one just like fire hose and a bunch <laughs> of stuff. Well, like, I think this is important for people to understand the way that the scores do move around so that yep. they don't freak out right. and go, well, now I got to wait another year to buy a house. Exactly. Or whatever. Because you don't. You, you really right. don't, right? So. Right. So here's the reason why when you have an installment loan like that, mm-hmm. when you pay it off, it goes down. Because just like how we have to understand how the math is done on your FICO score to know mm-hmm. what behaviors control it, well, you have to understand the business of who's reporting it. So TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian are a private LLC. Mm-hmm. They're no government-owned entity or anything like that. And they built a business model where they contact creditors to say, if you want to make a more accurate decision when somebody's applying to borrow money from you, then we can report that information for you for a fee. Mm-hmm. Okay? So what winds up happening is you have this mortgage, you get approved for the mortgage, everything's great, right? Then you finally go ahead and you pay it off. Well, when you pay it off, it now takes it from an active account that is reporting payment history every month, which means every month they're, they're reporting a balance, they're reporting that you paid it, the date that you paid it. Every stroke of a key has a dollar attached to it. Not mm-hmm. an actual dollar, but a dollar amount attached to it. Mm-hmm. And they're contracted with the creditors to pay, this informa- uh, pay to report this information. So now you pay off the mortgage. It goes from an active account to a closed account. Still positive. It's not bad. It's a good thing you paid it off. Right. But now they know starting next month and every month after that, they no longer get paid on that account. Mm. So it is that slap on the wrist to you to say, hey, you paid it off and and being debt free is good. But for your credit, it's not good because they want to see what is your ability to pay back active debt? Are you a good borrower or bad borrower? Mm. They don't care what you did six months ago. They care about what you're doing right now. And that's how they evaluate your risk level to give you a loan. So now that you closed it, 
Now they say, okay, that account doesn't give us any, any more money. Score goes down. But you notice when you open up a new credit card, it goes up? It goes up, yep. Because now that's a new fresh account that you just helped them contract for free. Yep. No affiliate pay or anything. Mm-hmm. You got the money. It reports on the credit report. You just helped them earn money and your score goes up. Wow. Pay to play. That's a sickening yep. It is, uh, isn't it? Reality. Um, yeah, and that you know, it's good that you kind of break it down like that because, like I said, people are going to get discouraged if they're trying to do the right thing and then they're, you know, they're yep. smacked on the wrist for it. It's like, why should I even pay my bills if my score is going to go down? Right. Like, so it's going to go down get, a lot more. Yeah, you don't, you don't. Wanna, you don't want to go that direction, right? For sure. Um, okay, so now that we understand kind of the way the scores go, um, can you get into some of the basics on like? Where people need to go or like some of the first steps that they need to look at in order to start gathering information to adjust their credit scores, something in that realm, like what what are the most important things that they can be doing to improve their scores? Not big leaps and bounds. We're talking baby steps. Right. So baby step is you got to buck up and you got to pay to find out what your accurate scores are and what's reflecting and reporting on there. Because regardless of what you think happened, whatever they're reporting, what they say goes. Mm -hmm. So you could have paid something on time and you had no idea the reason your score was down was because it's actually reflecting you were 30 days late, even though you weren't, Mm -hmm. right? The simple thing of having good credit is in order to have a good score, you got to be a good borrower. In order to be a good borrower, you got to be actively borrowing. So what happens is buck up and pay the 30 to 40 bucks a month. The reason that there's that $10 difference, by the way, is uh, depending on how often they update your report. I think the 30 bucks a month is uh, every 180 days. So every like six months or it may even be 90 days. Uh, But the extra $10 a month gives you refresh reports on all bureaus every 30 days. Got it. Right. So if you're thinking about buying a home soon, buying a car soon, if you're making a major purchase, you know, you can always upgrade and downgrade throughout time. Um, There's no contracts. They don't have any contracts with it, but you got to know what's going on first. So will that impact their credit score if they are monitoring it every 30 days? It won't. I wish it did, but it won't. Oh, no. I just figured it it might show as an inquiry and the inquiries bring the score down. So that's actually why you pay. Uh, to avoid the hard inquiry from happening. So, yeah, so that's why it's worth paying for it, and that's why they have a monthly reoccurring fee, along with other benefits. Like, they give you up to a million dollars of identity theft coverage. Um, You can have the actual FICO score simulator on there. All the reasons that people like Credit Karma, Uh there's all of that plus significantly more, all included at that 30 to 40 bucks a month, depending on what they pick. Um, Also, without ever adding uh, adding the hard inquiry on any of the bureaus. So you're getting refresh scores and reports every 30 days without ever getting an inquiry wow. on top of all those other things just for that. That's so, that's so it's cool. huge. Yeah. There, there's so many benefits to it and no, I'm not like affiliated by them or whatever. I would drop you a link if I was, but um, <laughs> I just want to make sure, you know, that people don't think, Oh man, you're probably just saying that. So you get paid on it. I don't. Um, my FICO, if you want to pay me, that's cool. Um, but I don't get paid for it. Right. So anyway, Um, So now once you identify and you know what your scores are and you see what's going on and you realize, ooh, I didn't know that this was reporting. Right. It's actually pretty easy to fix those things. Look at any negative accounts like collections, charged off accounts, or maybe a massive amount of inquiries when you did go to the car dealership and they shotgunned your credit to every, you know, (laughs) to see if you're getting approved. Yeah. Um, You can dispute those things. 
It's not a problem. And essentially, that's what we do. Um, but again, you can do it yourself. So you want to look at the negative accounts. You want to identify what they are. And if there's anything that shouldn't be on there, like um, if you never did miss that payment, you want to go ahead and challenge that because there's something called the FCRA. That's the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And subsection 609 states that us as consumers are entitled to a 100% accurate credit report. Not 99.99, 100 So something as simple and stupid as I have proof that the payment was on time, but you're reporting it that it uh, was late, Mm -hmm. you can send it in. They have to update it. If there's a collection account that should have not been there, a charge-off account that should not have been there, or a stack of inquiries when you only gave one application and got a loan with Capital One, but they got 10 other inquiries on there, you can dispute those things to get them removed. Because your credit report, I like to say, look at it is like your reference sheet if you're applying for a job, right? If you had a previous job, you just quit, and you're trying to go with this big company for a big position, you're not going to put on the reference, oh, here's the manager that I cursed out on the way out, (laughs) right? And you're not going to do that. You're, you know, hey, ma, would you mind being my manager from the last place just in case they do call, right? right? (laughs) So so that's what happens on the credit report. You're handing in your, uh, your resume to the credit bureaus to say, hey, I want this $300,000 loan for a home. Hey, I want this $60,000 loan for a car. Whatever it is you're applying for. Mm-hmm. They're going to look at it and assess your risk level. So look at the negative accounts, and you want to try to dispute as many of those as you can because you're just changing the ratio of how many negative things report and how many positive things report. So how many people have something bad to say about me? How many people are going to say good things? And as you know, when you're applying for a job, the more references you have that all say good things increases your chances of getting the job. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how credit works. So now moving on to the positive accounts. If you do have any active credit cards and they are over that 30%, right? That everybody, you know, I think most people have heard it at least one time. Don't go over 30% because it brings your score down. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as you're maintaining below that 30%, you're solid. But if you notice your scores are down and you're like, well, Dylan, I don't have any collections. I've never missed a payment, but I don't understand why my score is still down. Hey, do you have any credit cards? I do. What do their balances look like? Uh, see, so COVID and so my job, right? out. So, so what you want to do is you want to manage those credit cards. You want to get them below that 30%. Actually, specifically speaking, or getting like another level deeper, you want to have anywhere between 1% to 9% be the reporting utilization. That will give you another increase in your score because remember, utilization controls 30% influence of yeah. your score going up or down. It controls 165 points. So imagine if you're trying to apply for something and they say, oh, I'm sorry, by your score, you don't qualify. The quickest way to increase your score, if you have active credit cards and you know there's a balance, scrounge up the money, figure out a way to do it. Go to your bank if you have a good relationship with them and say you need a consolidation loan. Ask your rich uncle or somebody that you know or whatever, get the money together and pay those down because as soon as you pay those down, you could see a significant increase. So overall, to sum it up, Negative items, try to remove as many as you can. The positive accounts, like your credit cards, if you have balances, get those balances down. Believe it or not, leaving a 1% to 9% balance on the card will have your score higher than having a $0 balance on the card. Hmm. Does that kind of go back to the, again, it's not reporting any differences? It's kind of like it's a dead account? Right. So let's say if you do have an active credit card, just since we're on that, 
the reason that you want to have a balance on there, no matter how small, as opposed to it being a zero balance, is because with that zero balance, they're not reporting an actual on-time payment being made that month because there's no balance that you made a payment on. Right. And then eventually the credit card companies, which, yes, it's their job to make interest off you and they hope you spend it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't spend it and you're like, all right, I finally paid it off. I'm going to throw it in the drawer and I'm never going to use it again. Well, your first warning is going to be when they drop your limit. Yeah. And then the second warning is going to be when you try to swipe it and they say your card's declined and you're like, no way, I don't even have a balance on it. And it's like, oh, no, it's closed because you haven't used it. And we actually that happened re- to me. reissued that to somebody else who is going to use it and is paying 25%. Yeah, that happened to me with like a, a furniture credit card. Yep. Yeah, it was like a synchrony bank. Yep. Top. Yeah, yeah. Know. They offer you, you know, yep. the 12 months, same as cash, but they still mm-hmm. give you like 5000 6000 yep. credit. Well, we put the stuff on there and paid it all off early and never used the card again. Yep. About a year later, mm-hmm. zero use on the card. They send us a letter in the mail, said they canceled the account, closed yep. it, and score went down. Whoop, <laughs> there goes yep. the score. Yeah, yep. it's crazy. 30 points that time. Yeah. Uh, and, and see how what drastic it is? Yeah. It's like, hey, you better go get some more credit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and, and just a quick side note, just because you mentioned it, the reason that I have such a, a problem with Credit Karma is because their whole business model, and they tell you, you can see it in the app. Yeah, the whole business model shit. is anything that's listed on there. Like you ever go up one point and they say all oh, the new shit that you're qualified yeah, for yeah. that you get approved. I get it all you the ever, time. You ever try to get it and then it brings you to the company website and then you still get denied? Mm. Yeah, well, they're like 100% approval rate. And then right. it's like in the fine print. It's like you right. really don't qualify. They're just right. Cause it's like this estimate. Right. It's on click ads, man. That's yeah. what they do. Credit karma in my industry is what Zillow is to your industry. Right. Right? That Zillow estimate and all yeah. that. It's the same it's thing. It's complete 100% bullshit. And, and, <laughs> and that's why having that Vantage score, knowing the difference of the Vantage score in FICO is, is so uh, good to know because credit karma is leading you to believe that you're going to be approved for this. Well, then they carry you to the Capital One site that is using your FICO score, mm-hmm. right? That can be 30, 40, 50 points difference. That is all the difference that makes you not approved. Right. Now you just got a hard inquiry for no reason. But if you did get approved, every time somebody gets approved on that credit karma model, any one of those things that are listed, they get their affiliate pay and that's how they make their money. Wow. Unbelievable, man. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, so I... I don't want to take up too much time on this one right here because I, I know you've got uh, some engagements afterwards. But if I were to ask like one final question <clears throat> of you, what do people do? Like say they find out they have collections and they mm-hmm. got these credit debtors that are calling them. Oh, and yeah. it's not like it's not the original credit. It's, yep. the, it's the companies that have bought these these loans or whatever the balances yep. are for pennies on the dollar. And they're trying to get them to pay. Now, what would your advice be to those people that are trying to get those things removed from their credit? Never pay your collections and don't answer the phone. Right. So dispute them and only do it by letters. I know that there's, there's like this little buzz going around of like, Hey, dispute it online. It's super fast. Dispute it through credit karma, dispute it through Experian, do it online. The reason they're incentivizing you to do it online is because when you click that little thing, I agree to terms and conditions, Mm. you're actually waiving your rights to go as far as suing them in small claims court for anything that's labeled inaccurate. So the process of the online disputing is, Hey, um, I noticed this and this and this, and I want to remove this collection, right? You need to remove it. Well, then they respond back and they say, meets FCRA requirements, it's verified, and then you're stumped. You're like, oh, well, they verified it. Damn, all right, I guess I lose. Yeah. 
But nobody knows unless you know the law, you can dispute the method of verification and say, I'm going to request this document, this document, this document, and I want to show proof of how you verified it. And if they can't provide it within a certain amount of days, it still gets deleted. Not if the collection is yours or not. Right. It's their burden of proof if they can prove how they did everything they said. Right. And which is why you want to do it by letter. Because yeah. you can't beat black and white. You can't change that. Plus but in the, online status, you can. The processing time starts from the time that the letter is dated. Right. Like when you mail it out. Technically, technically, time? technically, it's when they get it. Okay. Uh, so like for us, we do certified mail because we want them to sign for it. So when you they know get it. when it was sent. Yeah. Right. Same thing with us. Right. When we do eviction letters and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I would say don't pay the collections because there's something called the statute of limitations. And a collection will stay on your credit report for seven years. It'll automatically fall off after seven years. But here's the key, full disclaimer, from date last active, Mm -hmm. right? So if you had an account in 2014 and it defaulted in 2020, it doesn't mean that it's going to fall off in 2021. It's going to be seven years from 2020. So it's going to be 2027 is when it's going to fall off, right? And that's a a thing that people... Um, are being told. And it's funny because the debt collectors, those companies are throwing out little ads and little educational blogs and stuff like that, not knowing they're masking it, not knowing that's who it's from, mm. encouraging you to say, call us, we're flexible, we'll do a payment plan, we'll, we'll take care of it. Yeah. But what happens is a negative remark on your account, a collection, a charge off, whatever. Uh, the first 24 months is when it has the most impact. And every year after that, it hurts your score a little less, little less, little less, little less till it falls off. But when you pick up the phone and you say, yeah, this is Dylan, who's this, right? <laughs> or em. when you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be proactive and I want to go ahead and make that payment. Mm-hmm. And you go ahead and you call them and try to make a payment arrangement. Depending, no, it does not matter. I'm sorry. It does not matter what the outcome is because now it is timestamped that you called and whatever the conversation was, it now resets that statute of limitation. So even if you come to a settlement and you pay that collection, it will actually hurt you more than help you because it just reset the clock, mm. puts you back in that 24 month time period of that statute of limitations, even if you paid it. Because all that happens, unless you have the letter and you get the letter before you pay, if the agreement was I'll pay it and you remove it, which right. most times they're not even doing that anymore now. But let's say you do have that happen. Until it comes off, it's going to hurt you more than help you. Just because you actively say, I'm going to pay it, don't think or assume that they're going to remove it. Mm -hmm. Because all it's going to do to your credit report is go from a collection and the status is going to change to a paid collection. Mm. So so they update your balance, which allows them to reset that statute of limitations to put you back in that 24-month hurt again. That's bad. Yeah, that is crazy. Don't pay your collections. Yeah, don't go to credit card <clears throat> because technically, there the, it just depends on the way that they access that that debt, right? right? They unless they can prove that that debt is actually yours. I'm sorry, you bought that debt, you, right? And I can't help you. <laughs> and I even go a level deeper now because they're starting to get a little bit privy to you know people saying, "Hey, that's not mine," mm-hmm. right? And they're like, "Wait a minute." So you're telling me you did not buy that 82-inch TV from Best Buy. That, that, that's not yours, right? So they got a little privy to that. And they actually adjusted some of the ways on how you're allowed to dispute with them based off that. So now I take a completely different approach, and I'm leveraging the FCRA and saying, hey, I'm not saying whether that's my debt or not. I'm not saying I didn't do it. I'm not saying I did do it. What I am saying is the balance you're saying uh, that I owe – 
is $1,000 here, $1,000 here, and it's $999.99 here. And by FCRA subsection 609, that entitles me to a 100% accurate credit report. You did not report the, uh, uh, the information accurately. And because of that, I'm leveraging the FCRA to say I can either take you to small claims court or you can remove this off my credit report. Got it. And it's Which all done on paper. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's, that's, that's gold. I think yeah. that's important. I think a lot of people... You know, they feel like Well, I think, you know, you got a lot of people that truly do want to pay their debts back. They know they owe the money. Right. Not trying to get and over. And that's okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a whole level of guilt kind of sets in. Then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to pay this debt. Well, they're not doing themselves any favors. Right. Like you should, if you got a debt, you owe somebody, you need to get you in need touch to pay with it. the original company. Right. And be like. Before this goes to collections, figure out something with them because they're going to sell that debt. Exactly. And he's on the dollar. Yep. Now, they just wrote that off. They, you don't owe Best right. Buy anymore. Nope. <laughs> they're getting their money to, yep. somewhere else. Right. So, and, and, and to add one more thing to that, what makes our company different than most if they do go through us is while we can successfully remove the entry off the credit report, which increases their score, makes them a more qualified buyer, all of that is great. But you ever hear when people say, um, oh, yeah, they got all these things removed, but then like later they came back? Mm. The reason that they come back, well, one or two reasons, is because uh, they never went back to try to settle that debt after to keep it off, mm. right? So, so we won't coach somebody to say, screw all the money that you owe, just don't do it. What we want to do is make sure that stuff doesn't come back and say, hey, I know you're in a pinch and you're trying to buy a home because your lease is coming up and you don't want to sign another lease and this and this. Or your car just broke down. It was on its last leg. The leg broke and you need to get another car. Whatever the situation is, we're the fix that's going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. So now you could get the things that you need. Yeah. But what you need to do, and this is completely up to the client, like I can't force them to do it, but we say, okay, now the next steps are, here are all the accounts that were successfully removed. You need to go back to them and say, hey, we need to figure something out because at that point, if you settle, Mm -hmm. then you never have to worry about it coming uh, back onto the credit report because they have no reason to chase you anymore because they got paid. Right. And nine nine times out of 10, they will settle for less than 30% of what the original amount is. Right. So they like probably bought it super cheap too, huh? Eight cents Ooh. for every dollar. Yeah, because you know you always hear pennies on the dollar. Yeah. It's eight cents. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's thinking of that's the whole. That's the whole. That's the whole collection. I gotta figure uh, out what I need, then yeah. dispute it, and then get it for seventy percent off. Right. Yeah. That's like the. That's that's literally what the whole collection game is. You know the reason that um, you know Midland Funding and all these places call you. Is because they bought your thousand dollar debt for eighty bucks. They send you that settlement in the mail where you're like, "Hey, I know you owe a thousand dollars. You know we can do it for four hundred and thirty two dollars." And you're like, "Well, shit. All right, let's do it." Yeah. Right. But nothing changes to the score. Oh, it resets everything. They terrible. got their money because they make the profit on the difference. Yeah. Right. And that's how it works. So wow. you got to be able to beat them at their own game, but you can't do it till you know the game. Yeah. And that is one of the hugest differences here is that we're not just telling people, hey, um, you know, pay us and we're going to send some letters. I mean, even in the logo I rebranded, we focus on the education piece before anything. Yeah. We want to educate people and show them how credit works and give them this information at no cost. Yeah. So then that way they can make the best moves moving forward. And even if they do want to try to fix things themselves, I actually just put out, it was like a soft launch where I gave them a do-it-yourself software so they could go plug their stuff in, import the report, and they don't even have to hire us to do it. They can even try it themselves if they want. Wow, that's right? crazy. So, 
So where do I go buy this debt? (laughs) You're going to start yourself a debt collection company? There is actually, I do know somebody who does that. Um, So like legitimately, I do know somebody who does that. And they have like an entire Facebook group where they teach people how to do it. Huh. And uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty intense. You hire somebody from India to call during the day for pennies on the dollar to get yeah. pennies on the dollar. Those are shark infested waters. I don't know if you want to be associated with that. That's, whole, <laughs> that's, a, that's a dirtier lifestyle than car sales. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, people think car sales people are bad, but like oh, collections man. people mm. are probably way yeah. worse. Yeah, especially okay. when you break it down to them, like, hey, like, sorry, I just lost my house, and like my kid is like, just we just found a tumor on his brain, and they're like, great. Cash or card or yeah, so you you're gonna get that on a Visa or a Mastercard? Right. right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got to be better than buying Doge. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm pretty uh, my, my optimistic. Is, on what's going on with that here? Oh, I lost like eighty percent of my my Doge. Thank you, Elon Musk, and your Saturday <laughs> Night Live special. You now owe me a free Tesla, right? I don't even want. I that think that he just that. started accepting uh, Doge as payment for Teslas. That's crazy. Yeah. See, it, was on, it was on Twitter. Yeah, so. See, I don't know. Like, man, I don't know. I know there's people making money from it and stuff like that. Yeah. But my, my quick opinion is just like I want to take that same amount of money that I put to the side. And if I invest it into my employees or I invest it into my yeah. business overall, I can, I can replicate the same yeah, outcome. For sure. You know, but it didn't have an impact. It's down 1.93% right now. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. So, in closing, really quick, um, give everybody really the breakdown on the James Warren Group and how they can get a hold of you and uh, stuff like that while sure. we close out here. So, yeah. go ahead, man. Just so the best way to do it is if you do go to our website, it is www.jameswarrengroupinc.com. Um, we have all of our information in there. You can hit get started. You can get a free consultation with us. Even if you want to just talk with us about, hey, can you educate me more on this? If you have no interest in, interest in paid services, that is perfectly okay. Consultations are free. Go to our website. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, you could get me personally, Dylan Shively. And uh, yeah, man, that's, that's what I got as far as contact. I like it. So if you need credit repair and you want to support a veteran-owned business, reach out to Dylan. All right. Thanks uh, for tuning in, everybody. Uh, looks like we got like 30-something people on the Wisdom app, which is more awesome. I think than we've had. But you guys enjoy your week. Um, enjoy Christmas if you don't hear from us again, but see you guys maybe in 2022, possibly. Or them ho ho ho. <laughs>